everyone welcome to third coast gaming radio today is september 21st it is tuesday it is episode 44 we are here talking about the news i'm joined by my co-host austin taylor hello you got some of the news in this the world of video games i've got the news in me whoa 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 i've got some news in me uh all right i'm just gonna start from the top and hey this uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits game came out, and these reviews are looking pretty good. I think it's out, or I think all the review impressions are out. Yeah, I've so, heard who's playing it right now, so it's out. Uh, yeah. I remember this showing up on those PlayStation showcases and be like, oh, this looks kind of cool. It, maybe it's like a kid's platformer game or something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, almost ghibli ish almost pixar ish is what some people have like described it as yeah well it's like you're playing as this um uh like young girl named kenna who's like i guess the sort of synopsis here is like seeking out a sacred mountain shrine in overgrown forest filled with trapped spirits the world is populated by adorable little critters known as rot and collecting them helps give you more abilities as from the GameSpot write-up. Uh, yeah, so it's like a, a sort of, like, I've heard described and compared to, like, PlayStation 2 era like mascot ad- platforming adventures. And, hey, as it turns out, those are the type of games Travis is very nostalgic for. So I threw this in our news thing because I'm totally going to pick this up. Uh, it's $40. Hey, man, I'm into it. I'm into the lower price point. Uh, I think it officially comes out September 21st today, but uh, this is Ember Lab. This is their first game, I believe. They used to, there was a little quick snippet about them on this GameSpot thing that the people who found it initially did animation projects for Coca-Cola and baseball before becoming a game studio. Um, it, it sounds like so far the um, you do have like this you know platformer open world you're kind of messing around with they're you know you're climbing up things like an uncharted where you you have these handholds you're getting on to and it looks beautiful like i bet this runs really well on ps5 and like 4k and hdr and having all the you know it's this very beautiful like wilderness environment that you're kind of running around in almost like the kind of breath of the wild open areas where you're going through forests getting from like one place to another and i don't know i'm into everything this is throwing down it's reviewing out of like nine out of tens and eight out of tens so yeah. i'm into it yeah and like combat even, seems cool enough even more like critical reviews of this on this write-up being like from polygon and Eurogamer, like the like the heaviest criticism they sort of throw at kind of is like you know it's their first game and as interesting as some of its ideas are, some of the execution is a little, like, is a mixed bag, is hit or miss. So, like, even that, it's, like, they're, they're all saying, like, everyone's saying that, like, it's, if nothing else, fun, even if it's not necessarily a standout. And that's, you know, the, like, as critical as these reviews are. Yeah, and it's playing with a lot of what's come before it, you know, that you've seen in many other platforms. Yeah. It's I, a review I read is it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's doing well enough to do its own like interpretation of it. Yeah, like it's you know all of the higher reviews sort of do mention that it is 
coming from this like you know this type of game that has like this very storied legacy of game and it's every like high review is kind of ends with this conclusion that it is like a comforting familiarity uh provided by kenna and you know that's what that's what people like yeah and i'm i you know it sounds like i'm a lot hotter on this than you are but i think you know this year has been pretty interesting for like platformer stuff we had you know psychonauts 2 which is like you know vastly different than this and has like a lot of newer like interesting like gameplay loops that it is playing with whereas this is you know much more of a standard adventure story that you're going through that is you know heavily stylized and yeah almost like i will say like you know a very pixar and ghibli look to it and i think it hey for people who want to you know have that 10 to 15 hour game i think it's 40 dollars and it's cool it's it's come it's still on ps4 you can get it on ps5 i wonder how it runs on a base ps4 because that'll be my thing but i might just pick it up and if i ever end up getting like a, a ps4 pro or a ps5 maybe i'll play it on there yeah. well i'll have to look into to see what the how this is running, but it looks like they mostly a 15, 15, it was a core 15 employees with additional help outsourced from other studios. And I think they started this about 2016, 2017 after doing a short film based on Majora's Mask. So I guess they've kind of, it's like those are the animation background. Yeah. Kind of coming back to I remember that. That's yeah. a, a dope short. So, hey, this looks really cool. I am really into this genre of stuff and i usually try to play them when they come out so that's cool uh the next thing i have on here so i'm not going to stay on that topic too long is these were rumors about a quantic dream and star wars project mm-hmm. yep so if you want to kind of get into that a little bit yeah so we've oh hang on kotaku has decided oh, their ads ad situation on that website is really bad uh Green Ventures Media, yeah, uh, like Green Ventures well, I've got the... Media, but, but yeah, um, so this is several reports were coming out claiming that uh, sources were saying that the next big, I mean, that Quantic Dream's next big project is a Star Wars game, and you know, a lot of reports like in the wake of those initial. Uh, announcements like some reports are coming out like verifying this through several like different sources uh anonymous sources and it's just a really wild circumstance that this this could be our next big star wars game post like ea losing exclusive rights to developing in this license yeah and for me there there are really big upsides and really big downsides to if this does end up being like true that quantic dream is developing this like i love their facial capture animation and their like their person to person like conversations work for me in a way but i think like detroit become humans bigger like broader story is kind of weird and i could never get with it because i thought it was a little hammy or just didn't take the subject matter well I didn't play too much Heavy Rain, but I liked their previous... Like, their first game was... Um, oh, Indigo Prophecy. Indigo Prophecy, Fahrenheit, yeah. and other areas. I really liked that game. That was, a, that was like a 2004 game. It's been a while. But 
Um, yeah. I, the, we were talking about this off air a little when I was asking you about it, is I would much rather see a different studio do this. Like I was saying the the people who make the um, the horror games on PS4 that are almost like this. Yeah, the super massive games. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, I'd, I'd rather anyone else make Star Wars games. Uh, like this is the monkey's paw curling. Like yes, EA is no longer the sole developer publisher of Star Wars games, but uh, that means David Cage, the director of like really just some really gross stuff. Like I, I think I think all of Quantic Dreams games are really bad. Um, and also like this is a studio that has for the better part of two years been uh, in the middle of like uh, libel like or sort of pushed a libel lawsuit in the wake of reports saying that it was a toxic workplace uh, where uh, just with rampant racism, uh, discrimination, sexual harassment, that kind of thing. Um, And like the idea that, you know, like the biggest IP holder in the world uh, was looking at potential studios that it could partner with to make interesting Star Wars or like successful, I should say. Because that's what they care about more than anything. Successful Star Wars, like uh, media and IP. And there's not even the littlest bit of research done, apparently. Yeah. On Maybe Disney just wants the money. What con- yeah, on what Constantine does. And like, and it's like, yeah, like their facial capture is good, but like their facial capture was good in a way that like no one else was doing it, right? Like, pe- like their facial capture is not anything special anymore, I don't think. Uh, yeah well i mean their last game they put out was detroit in was that 2017 i'm sure they've done it's like i'm sure things they're making now look way better than it did initially but yeah we but and saying that yes we have had a lot of really good like even stuff in the smaller like double a or smaller studios have put out very good like facial capture i think like didn't doesn't Plague Tale Innocent Story have like really good facial capture? Well, like, for like yeah, a lot of the games do. It's not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not gonna say like it's not a hard thing to get right anymore. I'm sure it is, but like it's a resource uh, that a lot of studios have put with with the money have put like money into. You know, like uh, even outside of the idea of like uh, how wild the facial capture of you know something like uh, L.A. Noir was when that was coming out, like how novel that approach to facial capture was. It's not like, it's not as rare as it used to be. And like that rarity is why like Double Fine, uh, Double Fine, Quantic Dreams, uh, short videos like Kara, right? That short video Kara, which then becomes Detroit Become Human, uh, was as impressive back in the day it was, it, that it was, you know? it's But it's not that anymore. And I don't even really think that it's that interesting anyway. Yeah, all I mean in that is if if you tell me Quantic Dream is making a Star Wars game, I think about like the type of not exactly the you know, the contents of their story, but the ways in which they do their like narrative storytelling and that they have such a focus on like character animations and dialogue and all of that. I mean, we can say animation. I would not. Yeah. I would not listen to their dialogue and say, "Man, they really care about this." Um, no, but they are they are dialogue heavy. Yeah. Like they are story based games, much like games that like Supermassive put out, and even like smaller studios like Telltale and all that. It's 
that it's the storytelling type of game that's not mm-hmm. as gameplay heavy, which it seems like is causing some problems, which if these rumors are too, is that Quantic Dream, they want this to, game might have more gameplay. Yeah, they want it to be a more then, action-focused game. Yeah, uh, and which like, in this might be causing problems with their engine. Yeah, in this write-up, let's see this graph is. Uh, they also told Kotaku that it's been an uphill climb and that Quantic Dream's proprietary game engine and development tools are dated and not well-suited to creating more action-oriented and exploration-focused games. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's just, man, I don't know. Yeah, I I wish it was a different developer, or you know, like like you think about like they they want more. You, I think about Disney Star Wars stuff and being that they want more studios to be putting out stuff because they want to hit like the same thing as their movies where they had a rogue one come out at some point and then they have the main story stuff trilogy and then they have like a han solo movie come yeah. out where they want like they you know we had fallen order come out that but i think that was like a year and a half ago and they want they probably want a star wars game to come out every year so yeah. they ha- they're just going around seems like they're talking to a lot more studios about stuff cuz if this does end up coming out then the newer stuff past EA would be the, that Star Wars game on the Switch. This, I mean, Squadrons is EA, but I would count that a little separately than than like the initial like thing of being like, hey, EA's just put out Battlefront one and two, yeah. and then we have Respawn working on Titanfall. And I'm trying to think if there's another Star Wars thing as well. Well, you have like the Fallen Order sequel. Which we know is happening. You have the Ubisoft Star Wars game, which is also happening. Like they own oh, the Kotor, the Kotor remake. Yeah, and they've they've sort of they oversaturated the movie market in a real way. And now what they want to do is see not necessarily if they can do the same with games, but like how far can they push the games market? Uh, and have them be because they if you think about they all the games are putting out are different enough from each other like even the like you have like the lego star wars thing coming out too yeah I mean they're all they are all single player but they all are doing different stuff in star wars yeah it's like even you know especially when you know like this whole like sort of initiative to get star wars games out comes and like the one i'm not gonna say like the one good star wars game but like the one star wars game that is kind of heralded by the discourse as being like the best Star Wars game to come out in like a decade is like Fallen Order, and Fallen Order is fine. Uh, yeah, I think you definitely want to see about courting as many studios as you can, or as many sort of like competent teams as you can to start getting some some products out there. And if you if you think about it, they're they've never put out like an amazing. Star Wars game, they've always just put out games that range between, like, you know, kind of bad to, like, what I will say, reviewers, like, 7s, 8s, and 9s. You know, like, people, like, Force Unleashed came out, it was pretty cool, it's not amazing, it was a great, it was a fun hack and slash for me, and then you had, like, the PS2, Xbox era, where you had, like, Republic Commando, Battlefront, and the, um, like, there's, like, the Episode 3 game, which is not, not a good game, (laughs) And I'm trying to think, you had like the, the fighter pilot games coming out, and you didn't see as much in the PS3 360 era besides like Force Awakens and barely any in the PS4. No, yeah, because, you know, by like the close to the end of like PS3 life cycle, like Lucas 
Lucasfilm is sold to Disney, and Disney does not want to deal with game development, so they close LucasArts completely. And now, after sort of after sort of prior or giving EA exclusive publishing rights, backfired. Now, like you have Lucasfilm Games. Yeah, and you you definitely saw that with like the Disney side of it too, not wanting to do as many games. Like like I think the last Disney thing they were doing was they had Toy Story three, and then Disney Infinity, and they you know they closed Infinity down because they didn't want to put the money. They weren't seeing the returns that they wanted to, and it's probably expensive to make those figures. And I don't think the sales were where it wanted to be, but that stuff was cool. Because I think Infinity was built off of like the sandbox stuff in toy, that Toy Story three game yeah. from around twenty ten. Yeah, Infinity's built around like but some yeah. sandbox toys for life, toys, like, toys to life thing. Yeah, so you know, well, hey, this is happening. Yeah, like like you said, I don't like Quantic Dream. I probably will be curious if this ends up being true to see what they do with it but i don't want i wouldn't want to support them i'll wait to see what the other stuff is. hey you know i i still like star wars i the i hope the kotor thing is cool that's what i'm looking forward to the most yeah i mean it's you know like we you know there's another story like on this list right after this one that is about like the libel lawsuits um that quantic dream is involved in like I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've heard about like like uh, the stuff with like yeah. heavy rain sucked too. Yeah, well, I mean, they've like I don't they've I'm not even into like criticism of their games themselves, but it's like going into this this other story that is uh, Detroit Dev Quantic Dream wins lawsuit without actually disproving misconduct allegations, right? When you get into this story, um, like this is specifically about like the allegations that were published in 2018 by uh the French publications Le Monde uh Media Part and Canard PC. Uh which Quantic Dream then sues uh Le Monde and uh Media Part. And what happened is in, at the end of this sort of lawsuit, uh Le Monde has been or I guess the court said that Le Monde had failed to meet the burden of proof uh that it was not they had not done anything libelous. However, Media Apart did, and so what seems like Media Apart had met the burden of proof, and so what it seems uh, is that the reason Le Mans didn't do so is specifically because like its source, like where its sources information were anonymous sources, and they refused to give those anonymous sources to the court. Um, so basically, what this means is like while like there is like this one win for Quantum Dream. They didn't disprove anything. <laughs> like these reports are still should still be taken as like probably accurate. Yeah, so I hope like, uh, there is more of these stories come out if this game is coming out because that's what usually you see. Like when all the crunch was surrounding Red Dead 2's release, it's a lot of journalists were doing reviews or doing articles about crunch at rockstar and stuff so i hope these don't go away anytime yeah. soon or like these cases with um the studio yeah well it's like it's not even it's never been like this bad with like in, in regards to like how corporations have like, treated these reports right even 
even with rock stars, like sort of response to those stories of crunch was like, yeah, like, I won't say like they played it off, but like they, there is this hint at like them taking it seriously. Like, as soon as these reports of, of inappropriate behavior, uh, like sexism and like homophobia, uh, like come up as like being a regular element in the quantum dream workplace, David Cage and, you know, other executives immediately turned to suing these publications. You know, like I believe his initial like statement was, I will like, we will defend our honor, right? Not like we're going to take a look at these accusations and like, and sort of uh, see what we can do to move forward to like build a safer work environment. It's like, no, we're going to sue these publications. Yeah, I'm generally on the same side as you with it. Like, I think I don't like David Cage. All of his interviews are always weird. And I think their games tend to be tone deaf to like a certain degree. I like, like, it wasn't heavy rain. It was all the weird stuff about Beyond Two Souls with like Elliot Page and shit. And I think they just have had history of just not being a studio that I like, which is why I don't, I don't really play their games anymore. So that's that. Yeah. Okay, so this is, I guess, this is just like a solid, like, 11 minutes of dunking on Quantic Dream, and I was sitting there, which is, I guess, is fine. We can move on. Yeah. So the other thing I got is, to something I actually do enjoy, is this um, Splitgate developer has gotten about a, apparently, they got about $100 million worth of funding during, like, a, um, where does the funding come from? from investors so they are people are putting money into this studio or investors are putting money in the studio to make sure it's like to grow it as a, like a game service there's like another article talking about how the shooter is only about 25 percent done so they have these like kind of core modes you have and they've kind of been talking about yeah we want to have forge mode coming out we want to have like rotating gameplay types and it's continue to be like and it's still in beta as well, as this article also points out. So I'm excited for this game to launch. I think it's one of the coolest like products. It's free, it's cross-play, and it's got microtransactions for the people who want to interact with that. And going forward, hey, I can't wait to see what else uh, 1047 Games is going to be doing with Splitgate. Yeah, like so. this is just... Cool stuff. This is just like a really interesting and like really like cool success story that is like among the sort of the levels of like an Among Us, right? Like this game comes out years, like two years ago, is not messed with in any real way. Then like once it's beta hits consoles, people are like, oh, oh, Halo, but with portals. Uh, oh, and it's free? Yeah, and it's I can free. play Halo on my PS4 and I don't have to play Destiny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, yeah, it just gets really popular in a way that no one could have expected. And this is like, I mean, this is cool to see because like this game is cool. <laughs> You know, like, it's, yeah, it's just it's a really fun time. Like, I don't think I've ever had a bad time playing this game. And I'm like excited that this is like this is doing as the Twitter sphere would say is doing numbers. So. Yeah. And they've kind of talked about how they want they the uh, the CEO like references League of Legends as being like a very popular game and they want their game to get up to that point And like. I would say that competitive sphere, but probably moreover like the um, the amount of like active users in this game, and, and then the updates they put out and stuff. So hey, I'll be excited to see what it is going forward. Yeah. I even for me, I think the portal stuff is nice, but it 
for me personally, like the portals aren't the main focus. I think they just have a game that like plays pretty like the shooting is good and it plays it like does the like I will say it's like the Halo handbook of how you control your character and how the shooting works yeah. well enough to it's a formula that works and if you make it free for people they'll play it. So cool on them. Yeah, like it's it is that sort of like simple arcadey like shooter that is I don't want to say went out of style, but like just stopped getting after a point. Like I don't even think um, Halo necessarily is as you know, like Halo plays very differently now than it used to. And Splitgate is kind of like this is going to play like Halo Three in a real way. Uh, and that's, yeah, and it even has some like Quake. Like yeah, Halo there's a little bit Quake. of Quake coming out yeah. in Splitgate too. And just the portals just add a little bit more spice to it, and that just makes it really interesting, you know yeah so that stuff's really cool oh, damn it i got this death loop review roundup but gamerant's like yo you got ad blocks you want to turn those off for me and i'm like nah i don't like ads uh death loop hey let's just talk about death loop man that game looks fucking balls to the wall man i want to play this game so bad i've been watching people play it it's reviewing really well like i love arcane but i just always have anxiety when i'm playing dishonored one where i want to murder people and i'm bad at stealth and Deathloop is totally like hey you can just go murder people and but you can also do your good stealth runs later too so i fucking can't wait for this coming to xbox because i don't have a playstation 5 yeah i'm not i've never been big on like i like arcane I find it, like, these days kind of hard to sit with their games for an extended period of time. Like, you know, the Dishonored games, that sort of uh, chaos mechanic is not something I necessarily care to interact with. And I think part of it is because the game never really tells you how far you can push that mechanic before you start getting into the uh, the more dour mood that it pushes you into. Uh, because, like, you can push against it, and, like, the game will retaliate you know, for you doing so, but without necessarily taking you into the high chaos, like, bad ending areas. But it never tells you that. Um, Prey is also a game that has always fascinated me, but every time I try to play it, I'm like, I, this is a bit a bit wonky, a bit unresponsive, and quite frankly, I hate the mimics, so I've never messed <laughs> with it, really. And Deathloop... Yeah, they're kind of meh enemies. Yeah, and Deathloop seems, like, really cool. I wish there was a PS4 version of it. Yeah, I, I wish there was a PS4 version as well. I think the um, I remember Dishonored One when it originally came out and like the previews for it. I thought originally it was going to be like, oh, in my mind watching these, I was like, this is like a Bioshock, but it's set in like steampunk, like 1800s, and there's like well, like whale oil stuff going on. And then like I pre-ordered it, I got the edition of it that has like. I got, like, tarot card, like, Dishonored tarot cards that I lost, oh. which that's kind of a bummer. Dang. But I, I, when I ended up playing the first Dishonored, I think I only played, like, six or seven hours of it because it just kind of, like, rubbed me a weird way at a certain point. Like, I loved the gameplay loop of it, but I'm not a stealth player. And I've, like, even in Metal Gear Solid, like, I'm, I know how to do it. I'm just not patient at a certain point. But I loved... Dishonored's ways it played with powers and the ways you can combine powers to do weird stuff, and I think this game really does it. So I've been hearing like, oh yeah, I can connect these set of enemies and a boss, 
and I can kill one of the enemies, and that'll kill the boss. What? Or I'm this is teleporting too. and doing a bunch of... Sorry, what's going on? It's Dishonored too. Like you can, like I think, uh, not to like necessarily interrupt, but like yeah, like I think Dishonored, like that is a power that you get playing Dishonored too. I think specifically if you play as Emily, um, it's just like I understand that definitely, like definitely provides the sandbox to actually play around with those powers in a real way, unlike Dishonored. Yeah, there is. There was like an interview where they're talking about we had so many powers in Dishonored one and two. And they were so complex at a point, we kind of wanted to take a step back and find the best powers of them yeah. and kind of simplify them in a way and then also allow you to play with them a lot. Because of the run-based nature of this game, you are able to just... You can go in and go play for 20 minutes if you want to go mess around with stuff, and you can just go reset. I think it's such a cool thing to have an open-world run-based game where I... I don't play too many run-based games like roguelite stuff, but I think having it in a first-person setting at this polish really interests me. Yeah. Yeah, like it definitely does. I just like I just I see the way that like people are interacting with this game. It's just like continuous like ah, oh, this seems this seems cool. Like even the you know, like now that these systems that they've had a really hard time explaining uh, are out in the open and people can like actually see for themselves like this multiplayer mode and how like invasion like world invasions work like this just seems really cool and i would like to. Like, oh and <laughs> i am i'm so angry i can't play this at launch because i i just want to invade people dude yeah i really i could see myself like playing the single player a lot but i want to go have some pvp times where i'm invading people's runs and protecting the loop because i think that seems really fun in a way too like i always love we've talked about i like weird multiplayer modes and i think that is a a neat one that you can if you want to just play the single player you can turn off the internet connection you'll still be invaded by that character i think it's uh it's juliana is her name i believe so she will invade if you are under five minutes in a loop or if there's a as well as like a visionary being nearby which is one of the eight bosses who are in this who if you kill all of them within a day you're supposedly going to end the loop which may or may not happen but that's like the story conceit of what you're doing is you're assassinating people almost like the hitman I've, I've i've heard the hitman comparisons of this where you are learning these levels much more than you would be if you're doing like a single player dishonor where you beat the level and you're not really going back to them unless you're replaying the game and i think that is such a thing that i like where like I play Destiny 2 a lot, and I'm repeating these levels, and I really know these areas, and I like that. It's almost like you can almost play Deathloop to a certain degree if they keep doing it as like a hobby game where you can just kind of messing with certain systems in this. Yeah. Yeah, like the the way that like this game is meant to like be a sandbox that you sort of like build a understanding of its like I don't want to say like clockwork world and. You know, you can choose to optimize, or you can just get really, like, get really wild with stuff. Like, they showed off, like, a couple of, like, narrative executions, where, like, I think it's the Alexi, who's, like, some dude in a wolf mask. Um, he goes up to give a speech on stage, and there's just a grinder beneath the stage that you can drop him into. And that's not even, like, the most efficient way to do things. It's just, like, a kind of cool way that the game sets up for you, not even sort of taking into account, like player interaction with like unique builds and that's the stuff about this game that's really fascinating 
Yeah, and I hope like I hope this is gonna start. This is gonna sell really well. I know people who have a PS5 are probably gonna pick it up because there's not a lot of stuff on there. One sec. Sorry to burp there, but um, yeah, I hope this game is a success, and I would love to see like a Deathloop two, or like a spinoff of some sort. I was in talking about this game, I was thinking about this and Destiny to a certain degree. I would love to see like a three-player co-op version of Deathloop where you're hunting down bosses and you have the loop show up where if your whole team gets wiped you have to start over again or something along the lines of that but I think there's there's a nice possibility space in Deathloop to where you can like a Deathloop 2 it's a, you've got eight new visionaries you've got more powers you've got a bigger map it just kind of it's like how the Hitman sequels have been where you change things enough for a sequel but also you know it's you're still kind of doing the same stuff, and I think the space really works for this game very well. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited to see like what stuff they might be doing with the multiplayer. I don't think there's going to be like a huge change in this game's multiplayer in the way that it's structured, but like I don't know, I'm interested in seeing like how they like what support kind of goes into here post-launch. Yeah, and dis, uh, not Dishonored, sorry. The uh, Arcane has always put out like a like a major DLC for most of the games. So yeah, I'm curious what that'll be as well. Uh, well, I guess we'll see at some point. Yeah. I think like Dishonored 2 had a big DLC, didn't it? No, so what Dishonored 2 just, had was Death of the Outsider, which is a standalone expand like which is a standalone sort of follow-up um, that is kind of I guess the closest thing we're ever going to get to Dishonored 3. What was supposed to be like a follow-up DLC just kind of became a full game because they're like, oh, we're probably not going to gonna get to make another one of these uh, because the second one didn't sell that well. Yeah, so I, I hope there's something like that or a DLC for uh, Deathloop. And then Prey had the um, the run-based mode that is has similarities between Deathloop where you're starting over yeah and pray yeah, and you have different loadouts and stuff moon Rush, very cool mode i really want to try it out now yeah man i've got heartburn really bad this sucks Ugh. um yeah so i'm gonna run through these last ones really fast yeah, absolutely. uh we had this thq nordic showcase it was like their 10th anniversary showcase i think they talked more about straw humans 2 reprobed and they're just making a sequel to the spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom they had that like hd remake that came out and they're making this it's called the cosmic shake and you know fuck it more 3d platformers uh spongebob games i never played battle for bikini get bottom but it seemed cool and i think this looks like the trailer for this looks really cool yeah, i mean so it's as cool as like a spongebob game has been i would say like i have pretty limited experience with battle for bikini bottom but it's it's fun from what i remember yeah so, and then I think we got an Outcast 2 trailer, Jagged Alliance 3, Superpower 3, and I guess Elix 2. Did Elix come out? I don't Elix, know is, Elix is, is, yeah, Elix is a thing. It's like a, a future apocalypse sort of RPG. It's not, it, yeah, it's not a whole lot. Yeah, like this is. Oh, it's 2017. Yeah. yeah. It's from a while ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's one of these almost. Uh, oh god, this game doesn't. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. THQ Nordic. We were talking about it before. I'll say it again. 
Um, they are putting out a lot of games trying... Like how studios used to make money where they put out more games. They're not critically successful, but they make enough from them yeah. because of like the low overhead of cost to make these games. Yeah, you know, it's just you make enough games, something's going to be good eventually. Um, you know, when you're not too busy holding AMAs on really questionable form sites. Oh, I for- yeah, I forgot they did an AMA on 4chan, that's right. Uh, it's it's not, it was not 4chan. Choice. Oh, was it 8chan It was, it was even worse. Uh, even worse. But yeah, as always. I mean, yeah, their their output is like is interesting enough. I think I've maybe played. I, I can't. I couldn't even say which games I've played recently that are THQ Nordic, but yeah. I think I only played Destroy All Humans Remake One because it was on Game Pass. Yeah, I think. Um, they bought, like, the hey, what if T- THQ Nordic? Games should just come all just come to Game Pass. That'd be dope. But <laughs> I mean, anyway, and the Dark Siders three came out under them, right? Because they helped them, yeah, finish those. Yeah, they've got the they published that like gun with Gunfire Studios. God, in twenty twenty, they picked up Red Faction. Oh no, they handed off Red Faction Painkiller to Koch Media's Deep Silver, but they picked up Risen, Rush for Berlin. God, just they just have so many IPs. Yeah, it's, it's like the Bracer Group stuff. It's weird, man. Anyway, that's it. We'll see what else comes out from it. Um, Roblox is doing some verification options for like to be like I think their voice chat needs to have users who are 13 and up, and then they're trying to have certain. There's some rap music. There's some very loud rap music going on outside that I'm really into. Sorry. Um, they're just doing some stuff to make sure they're age gating users. I don't know if taking a picture of an ID and like keeping it. Possibly keeping on a server. They said they're not going to, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust that. I think there should be a better way to confirm like your age on something like this. But it's so easy to break like age gates on games. But Roblox is so big that Roblox Roblox is so big that I'm glad they're doing something. I think that sh- maybe they should do it a little differently. I, I mean, know. I'm lukewarm on the ID picture. I mean, age gates aside, they're going to continue to exploit the labor of minors no matter what, so, like, whatever. Oh, do, uh, well, do users make games? Yeah, it's, it's users. Because they, they make games in this. Yeah, like, users, much. like, it's it's a platform for users to make games. Uh, I think the best, the best sort of investigation into how the Roblox model works is done by people make games, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the actual video right now. Um, uh, but it's well, because for a while when I for, when I had first learned about Roblox in the year of 2012 or 2013, because like s- some child I was interacting with, it showed it to me and was like, "Hey, this stuff is really cool. Look at how many like different like cool weird things people make on this." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." This seems like a kid's game. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> but there is lots of customization and, like, just infinite amount of different types of levels. People make almost like a little big planet type of, like, creations. Yeah, so it's the video uh, investigation, how Roblox is exploiting young game developers. Um, it's just, like, the way that these platforms, like, rely on young, like, young and, up, like, young and upcoming developers to just create content that they can then sort of shuffle through their marketplace and uh, the way that like the in sort of in-universe economy or like on-platform economy works uh, and how 
much it takes for developers to be able to actually take that like on platform in platform money and transfer it out as like dollars is is wild and it's you know it's it's just whatever like this is like this is fine i guess barely the worst thing about roblox is, is age verification but it's like a step they're i'm sure they're taking to sort of comfort investors more than anything yeah because there there is a base there's a lot of you know like underage users who play this or like what's the other word for it is like you know people under the age of 18 who play mm-hmm. roblox and it has voice chat and they're trying to make sure you're not interacting with weird stuff which is you know comes up like you know when you're a kid and you're using the internet there should like i i had like you know i didn't have parental locks on my computer and i stumbled into stuff so they're you know i because it's a very popular game and it's making a lot of money and it's got there's some report from like 2020 it had over 164 million monthly active users like i remember there was an article that showed up a while ago about like how they had like an investor call and that their stocks had went up or something crazy it's such a big thing right now and it's like you're saying it's so crazy of how most of its content is user generated and you were saying they do pay people in a certain way to make content for it is that what the video you were talking about was it's just like like there is no there isn't like you know like your age limit to like how like people can interact with content there's just like no age limit to uh, who can actually like make content who you're going to ask to make content like it is it wants to be this open platform so continue to have a marketplace that it can like shuffle uh, content through at like a increasing rate to continue to sort of claim that it is making as much money as you know to that's making as much money as it is like it's and the the idea of like age verification just comes down to investors want to make sure that kids are not interacting with things that uh we'll say are indecent on the platform and that's the big priority here more than anything else like the the greatest sins of this platform are that it is it's exploitive in its model of like its economic model yeah i can agree with that let's see (laughs) i'm not even gonna make a joke segue um we have another story about bad studios as i'll call them is activision blizzard is investigating bobby kodak i remember he did get subpoenaed and i think there was another activision blizzard thing that had showed up as well but this is mostly just them subpoenaing yeah so it's the parts of the studio yeah securities and exchange commission are have launched an investigation into activision blizzard and its responses to the reports of uh, abuse harassment and toxic behavior in its workplace yeah and here's the one i saw is that blizzard's chief legal officer quit yep. amid the lawsuit as well i, I this is claire hart i would right like <laughs> like i'm sorry but like y'all if it's getting this bad i'm out <laughs> Um, yeah they're uh you know hey as it turns out when you have problems in a company and then they start turning up people are gonna start talking about it and i'm really glad they're getting taken to court for this yeah shit. i mean so, the thing to note is like the sec is like investigating this on is like probably uh not investigating this for like for justice for workers more so than it is investigating this to make sure that it hasn't violated its obligations to investors uh, which 
arguably because of the economic system we live in will probably lead to more actual change than say the protest of workers yeah so hey that stuff's going on with Activision Blizzard we'll have to see what other stuff ends up going on with them next couple weeks it's increasingly wild yeah it's hey I'm glad they're doing it but you know it like you said it's not for people protesting it's for you know it's business can't exactly how to frame it but anyway thanks for joining me Austin absolutely thanks for having me hope you're all right you quench that heart yeah i don't know what's been going on i've just been getting like a little like a little pain i can't tell if it's my lung or my heart but i I get it sometimes doesn't matter thanks for joining me shout out to all the viewers maybe i hope it's not a heart attack uh or it's cholesterol who knows you're the old getting older till next week catch you later maybe bye (laughs) 